Hello, everyone, and thank you again for joining Windy City Bropen. My name's Zach, here with Jim. Today, we're going to be discussing a little bit of playoffs, a little Blackhawks hockey. We're going to talk about the 24 teams that made it, the two hub cities, and all the possible draft ramifications. We'll also go over a little bit of NFL with Deshaun Jackson's comments this week about being mic'd up, as well as maybe a little bit of Mike Tyson and what he's been punching lately, and then the Bulls' State of the Union. But here I am to introduce the one and only Jim. Jim, how you doing? Zach, good to be back talking with you again. I come with, here with a heavy heart today. It's been a real rough time for our country over the last several months, and even more so now. I just want to say I hope everyone out there is safe right now. I know we just can't not acknowledge this during the podcast here. Our country is definitely affected right now. An innocent man was murdered at the hands of law enforcement up in Minneapolis. It just, it's heartbreaking. I'm sure most of you guys have heard or saw the video. It just it breaks your heart that those things are happening in our country and that they continue to happen. They were happening even before this. Uh, it's just a sad time. And uh, just try to try to be understanding and don't, don't tell someone how to feel during this time. You probably don't understand. With that being said, 100% Black Lives Matter. We support the police as well. Uh, just we hope everyone is safe during this time. Jim, I really appreciate you saying that. And thank you for taking a second to acknowledge this and bring this up on behalf of both of us. Obviously, our opinions aren't 100% joint, but I think in this situation, we're on the same page. That being said, let's kick it to the new intro. Jim, things have gotten a little crazy with the NHL. Somehow we're going to get 24 teams in a playoff-esque situation. Somehow our Blackhawks have snuck in as the 12th team on the Western side. What do you think these Hawks can do? Well, Zach, in a sport such as hockey, how often is it that you see the eight seed when the playoffs are the normal, you know, eight and eight? How often is it that you see an eight seed win that first round? possibly even win the second round. I know, unfortunately, we're on the uh, tough side of <laughs> of that a few years ago when the Predators beat us, uh, eight versus one seed. But it's an interesting take here. You get the Hawks sneaking in. I think they play Edmonton in the first round. Mm-hmm. They play the fifth seed. Probably it's going to be a tough matchup, but maybe just because hockey, the Hawks sneak past. Hockey's all about matchups, man. So – We'll see. We'll see what happens. We think the Hawks can make it in. Well, the interesting thing, and just to generalize what the layout is for those who haven't uh, had a chance to get it, there's going to be 24 teams, 12 from each conference. What will end up happening is they're going to get two main hub cities. They're going to do the top four teams of each conference as it stood when play stopped to play seeding matchups one through four. The last four teams in and the first four teams out will play each other in a best-of-five series to see who's going to make it into the actual postseason. From there, it's going to go one through eight, and they'll decide seeding and all that from there. So there is a chance that a team like the Penguins, 
who had a 62% win percentage this season could lose to a team who went 500 this year. They had a double-digit point lead, and they could not technically make the true postseason for hockey. Do you think that's fair? Uh, well, I think this whole season hasn't really been fair. Uh, given the nature of everything that's went on in the shortened seasons, I'm open to something that brings a little excitement, some way where the league can still win, where you're including the teams that were on the bubble or trying to make it into the playoffs by expanding the playoffs. I think they've added an exciting dynamic to it. And everyone's winning because, this, well, people are going to be watching. I guess I can't say the stadiums will be full. But I think people will watch the games, and that will bring excitement to the sport just because it's something different. And maybe you include more people because more teams are involved. Kudos to Gary Bettman for even getting something like this on the, the path to being done because this is such a complicated thing to do, navigating everything that's been going on with coronavirus and now being able to say that we might have some hockey left. We might actually get a Stanley Cup winner. I mean, this could be the quarantine cup. Yes, that's what they're calling it. I, I, I think that's absolutely <laughs> fair to say. It's, it's an interesting dynamic that you just never – you don't see it. So it's going to be fun. I'm excited that, that we're talking Hawks playoff hockey. I, I, who would have thought? Who would have thought? I, would, I pretty much was ready to kick the can on the season, I have to be honest with you. But due to circumstances, we've got Hawks playoff hockey. Who would have never guessed it, but here we are. Some of your old favorites back again, round two. It's like a, it's like a sequel to a sitcom made about five, ten years too late. But we'll see. We have some talented names that have postseason experience still. Yes, yes. And you've got Taves and Kane. You've got, this is a team that still has players from the playoff runs. They might be a sneaky team, a team maybe no one wants to face. I do want to bring up a point that I found very interesting. I know you were telling me a little bit about it beforehand. Uh, the two possible lotteries for drafting, that, that seems like a real head-turner. What does this entail? I, I had to read it about five times to understand how they were doing this. So each of the first three picks are going to have a uh, lottery-based system. So what's going to happen is this lottery is going to happen before those play-in games are done. So we have a chance for like the Penguins could somehow magically get that first pick and then win in their first round. So they're technically in the postseason, but yet they were the ones who won that first seat or that first pick per se. So if that happens, that pick will then get thrown out for them and it'll be randomized between the eight teams that did lose in the qualifying round. The second pick, so we'll say a team that won for a qualifying round won the first pick and the second and third pick went to teams that were the seven teams out who didn't even make the postseason. That first one, that first pick, the number one overall pick, will be randomized between the eight losing teams from the play-in games. It's a little complicated, but that's how you get the double lottery system at this point. So basically, if a team, if it should have been a team that lost in the qualifying rounds that should have gotten the pick, but it went to a team that actually won the round, Mm -hmm. they, they scramble it to the teams that lost. Ah. Because technically a team that didn't make the postseason authentically, didn't even play, that, those teams didn't win that pick. So they didn't earn that pick. So they get taken out of the second lottery shuffle. So if that makes sense to you, it's a little complicated. <laughs> but, I mean, this could be something that we've never seen before in all major sports. I mean, if they pull this off, it's what baseball is trying to pull off. And I know we'll go into that a little bit later. So we'll see. Hockey's hockey. 
we might get some. Yeah, that is a very crazy dynamic. I've never heard of a double lottery, but it does make sense. If you do happen to be the team that gets knocked out in the first round, it adds a little wrinkle here that possibly a team like the Pittsburgh Penguins could end up with the first overall pick. And is it likely? Probably not. But, you know, they'll do the first uh, lottery before all the qualifying games, and then they'll do the second one later in the postseason as it progresses with those actual teams in place of who lost and who won. So it's very interesting stuff. But why don't we kick this over to NFL? Jim, I know you had some opinions on something Deshaun Jackson said uh, recently. He said, if they're not going to have fan noise, why don't we get mic'd up? Zach, I am here to say that I am 100% behind getting mic'd up every Sunday. I would be for it even during normal times. But my only thing is, is I don't think they'd be able to say a lot of things they'd probably say on the field. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they'd have to have a lot of editing around the clock. And I, I don't know that they'd be able to do it, but I'm here for it. I'd love to hear just the back and forth of a lockdown corner on a top end receiver just the back and forth smack talk or a, a linebacker coming through the hole. I'd love to hear that smack talk. Oh, can you imagine Jalen Ramsey just going crazy on like a Julio Jones or something? Right oh, it'd before, be sick. Right before a deep pass, you hear the banter back and forth and Julio Joe burns him with a one step, gets to the outside, goes over him, touchdown, leaping into the end zone. And you heard right before that Jalen Ramsey telling him he's dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> that would be just the <laughs> That would be the ultimate. That would be the ultimate thing to hear. You, you, that's what we want to hear. As fans, we want to hear that inner competition, even if it's a offensive lineman going up against a tackle. I'm here for the, the funny shit talk. That's, that's part of sports. I do see some complications with it. Obviously, there's a lot of calls at this line of scrimmage, whether it's the center with line changes, the quarterback with whatever play audibles they may be doing. You know, you have your secondary or your middle linebacker who's making calls out. So all these people are then every week giving up their plays when they're changing and audibling and they're giving up a lot of film. So I could see that being a big reason why they don't go forward with it. But I think in small bursts, maybe you come back to a clip after like a couple minutes has passed, like, oh, here's what happened on that last big play. And you hear, you know, Jalen and Julio going, oh, ah, it's the hand fight and all that trying to get to the outside. Like, that's interesting, right? Yeah, so maybe having on-hand editing to where you could if there was something that another team could use as an advantage down the road you could delete that so to speak or just not have it in the play or like the audio on tv if they could find some happy medium there i think it would be an excellent idea i'd love to just hear the back and forth banner just a player getting fired fired up when they make a big play those things are exciting touchdown like you hear them what they're all saying in the touchdown is that that gets you pumped up Oh, yeah. Or, you know, just when someone gets hit with the truck stick. That's funny. Or, or Quentin Nelson. <laughs> His, ah! Whatever that was he did, that was crazy. Well, can you, do you remember when – I forget who Jay Cutler ran over, but there was one game where he lowered his shoulder and knocked over a DB. Can you imagine having that <laughs> mic'd up? <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Uh, it would definitely uh, increase the ratings, I feel like. Well – what do you think about a Mike Tyson story? Mike Tyson recently has shown that he is in fantastic shape. So good a shape that I, I'd like to present some athletes who in just a straight, you know, we'll say UFC Titan ring, who could last a minute with Tyson? You want to hear the list? 
Yeah, let's see what you got, Zach. I've picked a couple from some major sports and a celebrity. Who lasts a minute? First one from the MLB, Mike Trout. Does he last a minute? Oh, man. No running away. No running away. No running you gotta go, away. You got to go in there and slug it out with Iron Mike Tyson. I, I think he's got a good chance, maybe the best chance to last a minute, depending on who else is on the list. Okay. I think I'll, I'll give him an, a moderate chance to last a minute. Moderate being 70%? 60 to 70. Okay, that's fair. Well, our next one. He doesn't win, though. He doesn't. Like Mike Tyson beats him. But if he can last a minute, I think he's got a chance to last a minute. Okay. Well, coming from or formally coming from the NFL, Antonio Brown. Again, this is a fight where they are standing toe-to-toe. There is no no one's trying to pull guard jujitsu style. Uh, There's no ducking and dodging. This is them standing toe-to-toe. Does Antonio Brown last a minute with Iron Mike? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You don't think huge, he has a chance? Huge size difference there. Way, way different size difference. You don't think there's speed? A little left, right, up, down? He, he's quick, but have you seen how quick Tyson is still? I couldn't see those punches, and he's like 60, so. Yeah. I should say 53. Okay, well, let's go. Uh, this one, I feel like this is not really going to be a fair one. I feel like there's a lot of good people I probably could have picked from the NBA. Off yeah, the like J.R. Smith. <laughs> well, I picked Kevin Durant. Ugh. Yeah, he's he's got the worst chance. I yeah, I, I think I probably could have thought a little harder and found like a Draymond Green or something who has a little more edge to him and a little more bulk. But at the end of the day, I don't think anyone's lasting with Mike Tyson. I think if they could last no. a minute, a minute is you took a couple clean shots, probably a couple of the ribs. You're probably going to be peeing out blood if I had to be honest. And, you know, you move on with your day. <laughs> so what are we giving what percentage wise are we going to give Kevin Durant it seems like Antonio Absolute. Brown was closer to zero uh, zero so KD both pretty has low on no the chance list. no chance I, I mean honestly for all three of the first ones I say no chance this is the last one who is a non-athlete is the one I think has the best chance out of all of them if you smell what the rock is cooking what do you think what are the rocks chances I think he's probably got as good or better a chance than Mike Trout Based on the list here, he's probably got the best chance. I would go I The Rock, has... Trout, AB, and then KD. I think if I had picked some athletes that are more broad-based as opposed to leaner, I think it's a little bit tighter of a competition. I, I really think the first three are probably zeros, and the last one has a good chance because The Rock is just a beast. But I, I'm with you. Realistically, I think Mike Trout maybe has a puncher's chance to stay on his feet for a minute, but probably not much longer than that, the way Mike's swinging it. So, yeah, it sounds like you got a lot of love for The Rock. Uh, someone else, Thaddeus Young in particular, has a lot of love for the new front office and Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley. Uh, what do you think about Thad Young's thoughts here, Zach? First off, what do I think about that segue? That was fantastic. You'd, you'd think we've been doing this for a while. <laughs> Um, I think it's great. I love that he's supporting the new front office. The one thing I didn't hear in his endorsement of the new you know, front office was any support for the old guard, any of the support for Boylan. It seems like Boylan's kind of the one who's not getting any of those compliments thrown his way anymore. I think you're coming upon a Bulls team that's kind of done with the old facets of the team, and they're looking to turn the page and, and join the rest of the league and be competitive. Just have a chance. And they're not very far off. They have talent. It's just putting it together and 
what's been holding them back are the people plugging and playing. Your thoughts? So, yeah, to add on what, to what you're saying here, this front office, as far as Reinsdorf and Paxson, both Michael and Jerry and then John Paxson, both, or all three of them, excuse me, said that they still support Boylan. And to me, as a lifelong Bulls fan, I'm not on board with that. I think I'd rather have heard them say, we support whatever our tourist does. We support what our front office that we've hired is going to do. Back instead of Exactly. Instead of just hitching to that sinking ship, it just didn't make sense to me. And it, for a fan base, the, how many years were we saying fire gar packs? Now you bring in new management and you're still supporting the old regime's coach who should be long gone. I mean, his best players don't like him. Point blank, period. So it doesn't make any sense to me that they're going to release this statement. I would rather just hear them say, we support what Arturis is going to decide or what Mark decides, uh, whatever the group decides. I'd rather hear that than saying, Jim Boylan is our guy. We're going to be loyal to him. The Bulls situation, we don't really know exactly who's available to hire right now. Mm-hmm. So the whole coaching thing's just hanging in the balance because they don't really know what is going to happen with the season quite yet. So it's just an interesting time. Like, you could fire him, but the Bulls still might have to play games this year, possibly, depending on how it shakes out. So it's just – it's, it's tough close. to really take that next step forward and say, okay, we're looking yeah. at our new coach. We know who we're looking at. Uh, this is the guy we want to develop our culture here. The Bulls are just kind of in a holding pattern. And then any little stories like this kind of seem like they're taken away from the forward momentum that's being built by bringing in AK and Mark Eversley. But we'll we'll see. All, everything will happen all in due time. Is I think more, that oh, – go ahead. I'm sorry. Is, it, is this more Reinsdorf drama? Yes. Typical. It's typical for this organization. <laughs> Absolutely typical. Just do something and stand behind it. I am tired of it. I'm tired of the backdoor friendships, the messed up loyalties that get brought into this whole organization. I'm sick of it. I just want to kind of roll with this fresh new start or what it feels like a fresh new start. Could be. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just, just back the new guy and let's try to, take this team in a different direction like you let the Sox do a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. And look how that's paying off. Lest we forget, that's a team that, well, at one point, Jimmy Butler got paired up after being told we needed a more athletic team and a better shooting team. We paired him with Rondo and an older Dwayne Wade. Yeah, two guys that can't shoot the basketball. Again, great players in their own respective rights. Absolutely, their absolutely. Own respective times, you can't take anything away from them. But at the time, they were paired up with the Bulls. They were still the better players on the team, but, I mean, there was nothing to help buoy up those players who used to be able to buoy up the rest of the team. Dwayne Wade wasn't really carrying teams, although he did go back to the heat and perform. But still, it's, it's just not something that they were going to be able to do. I mean, Rondo was further past it than Wade was. And Jimmy was just looking for people who were going to put more effort in, not take games off every other day. So the whole younger and shooting, that needed to happen, and you kind of just spat in his face. Yeah, exactly. You wasted a couple of years of his career with the talent you put around him. And maybe you get him to stay if you made some different personnel moves. I mean, we could go back and nitpick 
is always hindsight's always twenty twenty. After this year, twenty twenty vision seems like kind of a scary thing. Twenty twenty is a train wreck. Yeah, absolutely. It it's easy to go back and just say what what you could have done and what could have been. They obviously screwed up, and we've got Garpax out of there. We, all we can do right now is hope that a new voice, a new core, a new mind group that will take this team to a different level and get rid of that toxicity that's plagued this franchise for years, decades. That being said, we have some chance with uh, some potential at a decent draft spot. There's a lot of – no. The mix is that this draft isn't going to be fantastic. It's, there's going to be some people in there with talent, obviously. But this isn't like a front-loaded draft where you're going to get like a for-sure Zion. There's right. guys who could be that kind of talent, but no one knows for sure who that's going to be, I think, because the top two guys are not matured yet. And then you have Toppin, who is someone who's been an athletic freak. Who would you like to see the Bulls get paired up with? Well, right now, I guess if, if we have the number one overall pick, well, I'll do it. Three separate picks. We'll just pretend the Bulls have the first overall pick, a top four pick, and then more than likely their seventh pick. So if they get the first overall pick, I would say at this point, I would probably have to take LaMelo Ball. And I know they've got Kobe and they've got Levine, but to me, he's probably the best player in the draft. Wow. Okay. And... That's that's who I would take if I had the first overall pick right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not crazy about the drama that LeVar Ball might bring, but you got to take the best player, especially with the new front office. But I could also see this new front office staying away from that due to wanting to build a certain culture. But as far as talent goes, he's probably the most talented player in this draft. If you go for like the top four – I would hope we could get Obi. That would be my pick there. A little more athleticism, a little more. Yeah, he fills he fills the need at small forward, and to me, he's going to be a good defender at the very minimum. And if he can harness his athleticism in the league, I think you've got a special player there. I just don't think I don't think you could justify taking him with the first overall pick. But as you said, you really don't know. You have talent here, but you don't know what you have exactly. Exactly. And it's not that clear cut and dry Zion jaw. I just don't know that Obia stands out as a number one overall pick to me. If the Bulls are picking where they're most likely going to be picking, seven or eight, mm-hmm. I mean, you're probably looking – I mean, maybe Okuru. Okuro is there. Excuse me. That'd be who I'd want to take if he's available. Uh, what, what about you, Zach? Who do you, who do you have your sights on for the Bulls? Who's – Who's the guy? So if we're going early on, and again, I do see if the Bulls had like a first or second pick and they weren't comfortable taking a ball because maybe he's you know, hasn't filled out yet to what you'd like to see, I could see them moving back, getting some additional picks or however they want to work it to still get Toppin out of Dayton. Um, I do like the idea of having a, a more athletic freak that we can get on the court to pair with some of the people who are supposed to be pretty good shooters on our team. Maybe that helps open things up. I think if we had the first pick, I'd want Edwards from Georgia because he has college basketball experience, not knocking ball for his experience overseas. But also, I mean, if you average 20 points in, I think, Georgia and the SEC, I'm, I want that. You know, that, that's, that's proven to me. That, that could come in and put up some numbers early. And they're both 18. So I think both those picks are worth considering. 
Um, but realistically, I feel like the meat and potatoes of this draft is in the first four or five picks. I mean, there's a good big man presence in there. There are some people who yep. could be flashes of quality stars. And I think if the Bulls can avoid getting the seventh pick and somehow sneak in there a little earlier, there's a chance to really put something nasty next to the rest of your lineup. Yeah, I'd agree. And even even if, say, Wiseman is there at four, that's, I'm presuming that's the big man you were referring to. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the guy that if you – if he slips to say three, four, five, that to me is a steal. And you just figure out what the Bulls do after that. I, I wouldn't want to pass up the talent for positional need. I think where the Bulls are, they need to just take the best player available mm-hmm. and let this front office decide how they want to build the team and trade what pieces don't fit. Because maybe some of these guys don't fit. Maybe, maybe you do trade Lowry. Or you do trade Wendell Carter Jr. Maybe one of those guys is expendable. Or you trade Zach. I, I'm not saying I want to, but I'm just saying Ooh, those are some things. There's some things that they could do. And so you don't base your draft pick on, oh, we, we need a small forward on this team. I don't think you base your draft on that. Regardless of where you're picking, I think you got to take the best talent available. I think we can both agree that basketball's far ahead of baseball and um football in terms of if you have a talented player you take that player if you know they can make a difference long term the reason being is because football you're going to have to match up certain positions you don't need seven quarterbacks even if you think they're all the greatest thing to walk the earth right basketball if you can get seven studs you could make it work you could change the landscape of how the league is played small ball wasn't a thing until all of a sudden curry was shooting threes from 30 feet and everyone on that team was hitting you know five to seven threes a game so you could change the league dynamic by just continuing to pile up talent. But there is the downside of maybe a 76ers type result where you get a bunch of talent that just never meshes. I personally still think it's good to take the talent because you could always move the pieces that are considered then at that point expendable. Yeah, you should ask the Portland Trailblazers from the 80s how they feel about drafting based on positional need and not best available. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously... Yeah, you just have to take the best player available, especially with what the Bulls are attempting to do. Uh, There's no guarantee that the players that are on the roster today will be there tomorrow. Do you think the virus has affected kind of how we've been able to scout the situation or I guess more of the Bulls front office? Do you think they have a better chance because maybe less teams have scouted as well? You know, things have been pulled back or do you think it's going to hurt them because they weren't able to do their due diligence? Well, scouting definitely has been affected. Uh, just speaking from someone that's living here in Champaign, Illinois, uh, Aya Desumu is a draft prospect here. Very good player for the Fighting Illini. And this has definitely hurt him. He was looking at possibly climbing up in the draft with a tournament appearance, playing in the Big Ten tournament as well, getting those extra games with a little bit more exposure. He had a really good season. But a guy like him, who you're only seeing in maybe the second round or not even in the draft at all, he now has no chance to get scouted, really. And he might actually end up coming back to the U of I this year, which would be fantastic as an Illinois fan. But unfortunate for him because the opportunity or the financial costs involved with him not being able to, to get scouted well enough where a team feels comfortable to take him higher in the draft. Well, 
I guess we'll see how that ends up panning out for the Bulls, but a lot of question marks as there is surrounding pretty much everything with Corona going on. What do you think about the minor league changes? Oh, man. this That's a very sad day for a lot of minor leaguers. Uh, across the league, minor leaguers were being cut from every uh, team and affiliate. I believe the Cubs ended up cutting 28 minor leaguers, which is just – that's a lot of players. I mean, that's a whole roster almost. or It is more than a roster for one of those minor league teams. And that's the whole – the whole minor league is shrinking as it is now. They're consolidating. So explain the new draft. What what's happens with the draft? Well, this new draft is going to be 160 picks over five rounds which your conventional draft is 40 rounds at 30 picks around. So about roughly, roughly 1,200 picks, depending on what compensation picks are put in there and what have you. Uh, so, yeah, you're looking at a huge cut in players being taken in the draft. A lot of different things just all based on COVID. College players can now come back for a year of eligibility because they didn't play this season. I You've got the MLB season shortened. You've got the minor leagues consolidating. I don't believe five rounds is going to be the long-term plan, but it just it's going to be tough. A lot, of guys, a lot of kids that probably would have gotten drafted in normal times are not going to get to live that special moment this year. Maybe never. And it's tough. It's going to hurt for some of them. And I know one minor leaguer in particular was uh, – very spiteful over some of the situations that transpired with the Mets minor league system. Jim, you know, as a Tebow guy, you know, I know he won a playoff game through for 300 yards. You said he never would. Who's the man with the gripe and why does he have a gripe? Well, Andrew church of the New York Mets. He is a former draft pick of theirs from 2013. Um, He believes that they made a mockery of our team by putting a celebrity on it to sell more tickets. And obviously, we all know who he's talking about uh, as far as he's referring to Tim Tebow. He said that the team wasn't really playing to win, and a lot of guys got cut that maybe should have had jobs over him. And it's hard to disagree. Uh, Tim Tebow hit sub 200 in AAA. How many guys? Mention his double-A stats first. Mention, mention his double-A stats first. If we're going to give Jordan the nod when he went to the league, can we at least say that Tim Tebow in 84 games batted 273 in double-A? Sure, but he's 31, and he's taking up a spot in triple-A for a young buck. That's very true. Well, especially when the, the picks are getting cut. I could feel for him a little bit. I know how much you love Tebow. He's the greatest athlete you've ever seen. I'll recite the speech right now. Oh, please don't. I've heard it <laughs> enough at this point. But I, I, could, I could understand for where Andrew Church is coming from because a lot of guys work their asses off to get there. And I'm not saying Tim Tebow doesn't work his ass off, but he's kind of already had a football career, and then he comes in and basically, from what it seems like, yeah, he was making some improvements, but it was a money grab. Let's call it what it was. The Mets, Jersey seller. Yeah, the Mets could care less if you ever played an inning for them. Mm-hmm. I think I have to agree with Church on this. Tim Tebow, it's cool. Yeah, he's trying to be a two-sport athlete or whatever. I'm not, I'm not into it. And with that, with that being said, too, speaking of minimal innings, 
it sounds like the MLB has come out with a new proposal for the players. Uh, this is kind of a fluid situation where it's updating every every few days here. And it sounds like they're, uh, they proposed a shorter season in which the players would play a full prorated share of their salaries. They'd get paid a eh, – say that ten times fast. <laughs> <laughs> they would pay players a full prorated share of their salaries. So you have that going on. Uh, the league believes that the late March agreement – allows it to set the schedule and that this would fulfill the player's prorated desire. What do you think about that, Zach? Are you, are you here for the shortened season and prorated salaries? Really want to be. 50 games is better than no games, but baseball doesn't seem like a season that should be determined like that. I'm a little more optimistic this week than I was last week. Fair. It seems like money is what the, is what is ultimately going to – decide whether this does or does not happen. But to me, this also does if, – if the league is open to prorated salaries right now mm-hmm. and at a shorter season, maybe that's where the line kind of starts and you can say, okay, now the players are going to get prorated salaries guaranteed, but they want to play more games. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be the rebuttal here. They're going to ask prorated salaries and then more games. And so maybe, there, maybe something I'm missing. There's yeah. a but here. Yeah. This isn't this isn't going to be the accepted version, I don't believe. I think you'll get some kind of a counteroffer here from the MOBPA. But to answer your question, I think we will see baseball. Vegas seems to think we'll see baseball this year. But right now it does – it would be okay to have your doubts because there's still so much uh, undecided at this point. And the clock's ticking. It is ticking. Do you have any other notes for us before we uh, get to the giveaway, the grand finale of our first giveaway? the grand finale, the Devin Hester giveaway. Um, As far as any other notes here, uh, nothing nothing too crazy. Uh, Yeah, no no crazy notes here. Uh, Let's go ahead and get to the Devin Hester drawing here. So at the end of the day, we had double digits. Um, people who qualified for this based on the criteria, it was more or less a like, follow, and share scenario. Um, so people were following us on Spotify because at the time that was the only platform we were on. Uh, they were sharing a Facebook post that was meant to spread the message of the podcast. So we did a random drawing between those people. And could I get a drum roll from my beatboxing friend on the other side? Yeah, I don't know if anyone could hear that. A little muscle behind it. That's good enough. The winner of the Devin Hester bobblehead contest is a coworker of mine, actually, Angel. So congratulations, Angel. You have won the Devin Hester bobblehead. Congrats, Angel. Fantastic, man. Happy for you. So we'll go ahead and we'll get hooked up with Angel. We'll go ahead and send him uh, the bobblehead his way. But just to let you guys know, uh, moving forward, our next giveaway is actually just going to be a straight $100 of cash. It's going to be cash straight money. money. So, episode eight, we will be letting you know who wins this money. The criteria will be laid out on social media, how we're going to do this. And from there, all you guys need to do, follow the instructions. And you have a chance to be put in a raffle for $100. It's that simple. We might ask you to share something. We might ask you to follow something. We're on Spotify. 
we're on Apple Podcasts now. We may ask you just to spread the word. Whatever it is, you have a chance to win a free $100. Jim, what would you do with a free $100? Oh, there's a lot of things I'd like to do. I'll tell you what, I would not go to a restaurant right now. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. It's a weird time. $100, man. I, maybe I might put it into a CD. <laughs> That was the most old man responsible answer I've ever heard. I, I might put it into, I don't know. There's, what do you do with a hundred dollars right now? You, you can't really go anywhere to spend it. Do I guess you I ha- could, don't you have a fiance? I do. That's where the hundred dollars goes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, right into her purse wallet thingy. My bobber. Oh. <laughs> Is anything, uh, anything like my that's other, right. she there's, does, she there's does, a few of them. It's all right. She doesn't listen currently, so it's okay. She will never know. This will be our secret. Well, until I share the video footage of this exclusive part. <laughs> all right. Well, that's it over here for Windy City Bro Pen. On behalf of Jim, I'm Zach. Jim, say goodbye. Uh, thank you, Zach. It was always, as always, it's great to be on here with you, talking about our favorite sports teams. We had a lot of great things to talk about today. And uh, congratulations again to Angel on the Hester giveaway. Uh, keep you on the lookout for the week eight hundred dollars. Figure out where you can spend it. You got four weeks to figure it out. Well, sounds like a plan. If you're not following us already, please go ahead and check us out at Instagram, Windy City Bro Pen. You could also find us on TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook under the exact same names. Um, otherwise, you guys have a fantastic night. Peace.